All right, episode 19, final pod of the year. Oh, wow. is it really? Final the final pod of, pod of 2023. What a year. It's been an up and down year. It really has. It's there's been some back up for Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, I know. What a crazy up, down up. Finally, time. What a crazy tail end story for the for the end of the year that Bitcoin is up, leading us into 2024. Amazing. Come on, another We're back where we started. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everything cycles, huh? So yes. before we before we get into anything else, like hot topic. There's a movie on Netflix that just came out. It's called uh, Leave the World Behind. It's produced by the Obamas. So, really? Yeah, I didn't know they were into movie producing. Wow. Um, I don't think they are. Yeah, I don't think they are. But it's very interesting. I think that, they're into propaganda, just oh, to be honest with interesting. you. Interesting. Interesting you say that. There. So I think this is based on a book, a very old book. Yeah. Um, if you've ever heard of the TV show called Mr. Robot, I think it's the same people yeah. that made that show um, also made this movie. And it's about a cyber attack, an imminent cyber attack okay. in the US. And so that's like the basic idea. A lot of like, you know, premier actors. And so. Oh, so it's fiction. It's fiction, yeah. yeah. And so a lot of what people are talking about right now is this whole idea of predictive programming, and I hadn't heard of it. So I looked it up, and so I kind of just want to explain what it is. If you guys have heard of it, you can interrupt me. Yeah. Um, but it's this idea of like fictional media, and there's this higher elite level, like the cabal, if you've heard of them, that are controlling what is being shown in the media. Right. And they're using that to... Uh, program us to be, you know, aware of certain situations that are upcoming so that when they do, you know, come up, we don't think of it's like, it's just out of, you know, nowhere. We're kind of like accustomed to it happening. And so some of the examples are... It's called mainstream media. Yeah. And so some of the, some of the, you know, like (laughs) Simpsons, if you've ever heard of like all the stuff they predict usually on their show. Oh yeah, I love watching those things. Like Trump was going to be president, like probably one of the most famous ones. Like Black Mirror has done a bunch with like Netflix and like the strike they were going on and then Netflix, you know, Mm. they had like the SAG after... and then if you this one was well, crazy. Well, the question does life imitate art? Does art imitate life? Oh, interesting. Right, right. And it, I don't know if you guys have heard of this one, but like before 9-11, there was this show, The X-Files. Have you ever heard of X-Files? They did a... a I've sis- never seen it, but I heard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They did a sister show called The Lone Gunman. And six months before 9-11, they had an episode which like had that same exact premise as the first show. And so it's kind of like, you know, is it confirmation bias, bias after sure, the fact? Sure. Mm. Um, but now everybody's talking about this. Why did the Obamas do this? You had this whole show about, or this whole movie about the cyber attack that's coming. And then right, uh, I think a week after the reports of China having a cyber attack on the US, infiltrating a lot of our utilities and infrastructure. That's right. Just mm, happened and they're talking attack, about it right now. Yes. And so, yeah, no, it's pretty crazy. Mm. So I was curious what you guys, have you, how much you guys know about this, like psyops, like, psycho, you know. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I love a good psyop, right? but I honestly haven't, heard too much about the movie i was just randomly scrolling through x my favorite social media platform last night and uh i saw a little bit about uh teslas Mm self-driving teslas being a part of the collision course of humanity and different things like that i I didn't really understand it i didn't have enough time to investigate it it was like okay just another attack on tesla So, so that so that part of the movie was basically there was some um, issue with, you know, like they did cyber attack. They were able to take over the full self-driving cars and they used that to jam up the freeways. Because oh. I think that the way that they described it is like a three-pronged attack. The first step is to cut communications uh-huh. and your ability to, to isolate you. That's like the first phase. And then the second phase was, I forgot what the second phase was, but then it would eventually lead to a civil war. Right. And so it was just causing chaos, just disinformation, and then it would lead to like a civil war. So, so in the movie... Uh, who's who's the cyber attack from? Is this from a sentient AI or is it uh, an actual go- government or parliamentary party? The idea is that it's from a, a government or a, okay. called the cabal, like so like a higher group yes. that's controlling the world. Um, 
And so this is my eternally in power, but they just use the pawns of the different parties mm-hmm. okay. across across kind of geopolitical <clears throat> lines. Yeah. Or? yeah, yeah, yeah. Across. Oh wow, yeah, yeah. wow, wow. Okay. Like globally, yeah. So the elite. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't know about that. I don't know anything about that. Right. But what I will say is, I absolutely believe there is incredible influence in terms of broadcast media mm-hmm. uh, in controlling narrative. Mm-hmm. Right. I was. Um, uh, watching, uh, Kim had never seen House of Cards back in the day. Used to watch mm-hmm. House of Cards, and it's this kind of political drama, right? And um, season one, there is this kind of moment in which they show kind of the strategy about picking certain narratives, right? Um, and so one of them was trying to go against kind of the labor unions because mm-hmm. they were trying to push another agenda. And they were like trying to think about the terminology uh, that everybody can consistently say. Mm-hmm. And so they just seeded it. They seeded it into the to the media with one of kind of their moles, mm-hmm. right? And they called it disorganized chaos, mm-hmm. right? That was like the term. And then all of a sudden you see that everybody just keeps repeating mm-hmm. the same thing. And it became like the thing that influenced people's hearts and minds mm-hmm. to then maybe vote one way or swing one way, right? I absolutely believe that's what's happening. Right. A hundred percent. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I mean, yeah, of course, whatever you put put in front of people, right? Propaganda works. Mm-hmm. And whatever yes. you're going to present to people, there is a, a specific narrative that you want people to believe. You've got to work overtime to push that narrative, mm-hmm. right? And I think, you know, looking at this movie, um, is it out? Actually, yeah, yeah, it's okay. out on Netflix. Number one on Netflix immediately, right when it dropped. Oh, number gotta, one on Netflix. I'm going to watch, oh, it. Gonna watch that. Uh, I heard it's not... I don't know how good it is, but Netflix is promoting it as number one. So I don't know how good Yeah, it is. and maybe it doesn't need to be that good, but mm-hmm. maybe just from the interest sake of the storyline. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, now where I'm interested in is if the Obamas are behind this. Right. And they're talking about this, this group of people that really control the narrative. Mm-hmm. Is there an element to that story that actually is they've seen behind the veil? So I'll say this. Sure. The director was consulting with them directly, and he said he was going to go over the top. And the thing that scared him is this is what he says, is the Obamas would say, well, this is how it would really happen from our experience. And no that way. was scary to that him. That was scarier that, than... To him. To, like, for the, what he could even think of. It was scary that they had something to draw from to, like, you know, rein it back mm, in. Which is, you yeah. know, I don't know how much truth there is. You know, obviously, there's, you know, who knows, but... Wow. Yeah, I mean, I think there is definitely... I mean, well, look, I mean... You can shoot me down for this, but, you know, it is very obvious probably now more than ever with the current administration that our sitting president is not calling the shots. Oh, for sure. When, mm. when they can't, most people know that. When they can't fumble through an announcement or, Definitely. or, or keep attention span mm-hmm. or no directions, you are not directing, you know, policy. You are not directing anything when you can't even know where to simply go and talk and all that kind of stuff. So... I think what we're seeing is that there is definitely a group of people that are constructing the narrative and he's a spokesperson. For sure. But what's the deepest layer that's been consistent through government for generations mm-hmm. and decades and knowing that this is the biggest business in the world, mm. um, you know, and then they've got their allies, you know, with BlackRock and all these other things like that. Yeah, there definitely is the mass population that we, maybe the conversations we're having mm-hmm. really aren't even the important conversations. Right, right. <laughs> I think that's why actually, you know, and the political drama side of it is is a bit annoying and can be divisive. But I do think that there is validity to people being civically engaged, mm-hmm. yes. right? Because to what you said is so true. Government is actually the business bi- biggest business on the planet. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like if you think about like some of the best companies in the world, their their budgets are hundreds of millions. The government has trillions. <laughs> yeah, like, it's trillions. just like, what are we talking about? This is the biggest business right. the world has ever seen. 
Yeah, when, when it's easy for the president just to write another $200 million, yeah. you know, loan to Ukraine, and that's oh, like yeah. nothing. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, 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 that's $200 million. Oh, it's nothing. They've done billions. They're just right? like, oh, well, I mean, we're already $3 trillion in debt, you right. know, and let's just <laughs> add it to that. I think really what, what we're looking at here is there must be, there's certainly some, you know, uh, I would say crazy stuff that's happening in the background uh, for sure. But I definitely think we need to be politically engaged. I think we need to, I mean, the narratives that you see from, you know, Donald Trump or Vivek about, hey, we need to shrink the government. Oh, yeah. We need to drain the swamp. Mm. We need to, the, what the illusion is, is, hey, they've seen behind the veil, there are operators that need to be taken out. Mm. Okay, so this is this is actually a good point because... Going off of this idea that there are definitely people behind the veil that are trying to control narratives. If you're going to be civically engaged, actually, the best way to do it, uh, wisdom would say, don't get caught up in narratives. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't get caught up in personality politics. Don't yes. get caught up in the drama of it. Yes. Just think about it pragmatically. What's discernment? Discernment is just thinking about it from first principles. Okay, so understand what you just said, a small government. Okay, do you believe that? Mm-hmm. Why is it important? And asking yourself, why, why do we believe in small government? Oh, right. that's right, because we're for freedom. Yep. Right. And uh, the larger the government gets, that's actually infringing on More our freedom. Controls. And yep. so, so you're thinking about this from a pragmatic standpoint because sometimes you can get caught up in the emotion mm. of things yeah. and uh, not be making decisions based on actually things that actually align to your principles. Yeah. And I think the other part that the other talking point that's coming around this is. There's these movies, like this movie's coming out. There's another Civil War movie that's kind of, same thing, the U.S. is in the Civil War. And it's this idea of like kind of fear-mongering and it's like right before the elections and it turns you back towards the government, right? Like a lot of this is, you know, done in history, like to do this, right? And so... Yeah, I think it's done in history, but I think that that's a really good point, Vance, too, is that the the smokescreen is the drama. The smokescreen is, oh, the mean tweeting, the mm-hmm. smoke screen is get caught up in the personality stuff. Like I think even the the trial right now that that Donald Trump is going through, it's a smoke screen for distraction. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Totally, and uh, that's what they keep saying is, hey, the guys, this, this is just a smoke screen. How is this even legal? Mm-hmm. How is this even legal to time it so well that it's like we're trying to knock a candidate out of the race? You know what I mean? And I think that there is so many smoke screens. If we get caught up in the drama of things, we're going to really miss the core value of principles, policies, all those kinds of things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And but I think you're right. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch it tonight. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm curious <laughs> what, you th- what you think about it. And if you want, I'll send you all the kind of talking points, the like, uh, conspiracy theories. You know I want those. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm You'll, all about that. It'll be a long, a long process. So, so you started looking into it. Uh, yeah. You know, talk to us about what, what's your experience? Like, obviously, things like fear can come in. Mm-hmm. And how, how do you process yeah, yeah, I think the, the first thing that... Because you're a faith person as well. Yeah, and I think the first thing that, that came to my mind is like there's this underlying kind of foundational truth where it's like, you know, Satan's kind of operating through a mm. lot of this, right? And like the fear and the kind of division that he's trying to like um, coerce is through this kind of misinformation. And so like even as I was looking into this, it was kind of like, is this real? Or is this just, you know, some way to get fear into me and to make me think wow. about like, you know, kind of poor decisions and like change how I'm thinking about the world and stuff. And so... Um, people, I don't even think do that though. Oh, I yeah. think people just just take consume it, in it. Yeah, 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 just yeah. consume. Yeah, <laughs> sure, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think the mass populace just consume. Yeah, it's yeah. like. Um, but maybe it is a great point to ask a deeper con- like question yes. of yourself when you watch this kind of stuff. Go, okay, well, am I getting caught up in the yes. fleeting 
surface levels of life. I think when you read the Bible, mm -hmm. you know, the Bible makes it really clear. Do not worry about what you're going to eat today, mm -hmm. okay, or eat tomorrow because God has provided for the birds of the air. And it seems very poetic, but it's actually true. Mm -hmm. It's not saying, hey, don't worry about what you can eat because, you know, we need to worry about eat. But you're getting so concerned with the temporary. Mm -hmm. Think about the eternal impact. And I think that that is actually one of the most founding secure moments for my life is mm -hmm. when I realized that, a lot of the things we can get caught up with is actually quite temporal. Yes. You know, it's four years of presidency and yes. it's different things like that. And, and you know, I've seen people get heartbroken over a football game. For sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's definitely true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arun. Arun's putting to himself. But, you know, like that's no knock on you, Arun, but that's very... <laughs> low emotional level mm -hmm. of society that if a fluctuation of a football game, a sporting game can really wreck your emotions, yeah. man, you're not equipped for the bigger things of life. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that that is part of American society is being dumbed down to being loyalist to a sporting team. Mm -hmm. And that plays into the tribalism of political agendas and people, you know, it's that saying vote blue, no matter who that's half of the problem that we have in California <laughs> is this tribalism to saying, well, that's just my team. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like you back your team when they're underdogs even. Mm -hmm. So even when they're making bad policies and bad calls, you defend them because they're your team. Mm -hmm. The same way as your team makes a bad play, you're still defending your team. Mm -hmm. When at the end of the day, in the political system, it shouldn't be team. We're team Jesus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're team kingdom. Yeah. Uh, that should actually reign supreme in the way we vote rather than going, I'm Republican or I'm Democrat. Mm -hmm. So good. Yeah, and even like to that point, I think about like even when like I'm trying to understand like why do NFTs work? And it's all around this idea of like tribalism. And I think it kind of ties into identity and people don't really know who they are. And so when they can find a common interest with people, that becomes their identity. And I think that's why like, sports can break your heart and that's like yeah. you're so tied to it emotionally because that becomes why do you your think we are so team oriented why do you think we're so i like why we didn't we because we identify with i mean we've talked about this before mm -hmm. your team android with team mm -hmm. apple mm -hmm. you know ios yeah. you know there is we just like to grab our team yeah. and we run with it why yeah. do you think we do that well that's a good question i would make a distinction though between tribe and community mm -hmm. Right. And so I do think that we're hungry for community if we believe that God, the creator, is in community himself. Mm. Right. I, I think the distinction between a tribe is a tribe is something that is even more deeply entrenched in something I can't control or change. For example, um, you could have tribalism based on lines of race. Mm right? Or based on lines of ethnicity, mm -hmm. like literally tribes of villages, because that's your place of origin, um, your place of birth. It's we, we look like one another mm -hmm. color wise, mm -hmm. right? That, that is actually the true definition of a tribe. And that's why I think tribalism is toxic. Because when you start creating lines around things I can control, <laughs> right, then right. I can never break into your tribe, right? I'm not welcome to your community mm -hmm. if we start drawing lines around those type of things in America, for example, mm -hmm. right? But I do think there's a, 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 a magnet towards that mm -hmm. sometimes because the deeper thing I think is community. People want to belong, mm. right? And so we, we kind of default to like, well, I belong in my tribe. Mm. But I think that is actually uh, dangerous because then that becomes click. Mm. Not right. community. Right. And and I guess my, my point to that is, is this where the power of brand actually comes in. Mm. That if you can, you know, when you're starting a company or you're developing a product, 
is the brand the most powerful component of that? Right. Because if you win people to that tribe or that community mm. or around that brand, yes. they're going to they're become loyalists exactly. no matter what you do, mm-hmm. even if the product isn't as good as another product, but you've already got the brand buy-in. Right. Oh, 100%. Do you know how you guys filter it, like make that distinction between when you're creating a brand and like growing a community instead of growing like, you know, clicks or as a business or somebody that's growing a brand, does it, does it really matter to you? Actually, you had a conversation with somebody recently that thought they were building a community, but they were actually building clicks. That's exactly, <laughs> no, that, that is the conversation that, that really came down to when they, when they started their thing, that their whole focus, I, I heard the word community, 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 community. I'm like, Hey, you've got to be careful with just building community because if you do build a community, uh, if you offend that community and the community isn't around you, the community will go with the people who are offended. And so the community doesn't always center around the one person that you want it to center Correct. around because mm. uh, a, a community can be healthier or a community can be toxic, mm. but it all happens. It's like the strawberry, you know, connected. Mm. So I think really what we want to do is we want to be, have people connected, I think on an individual basis rather than a mob basis. Yes. Mm. Does yes. that make sense? Yes. So that's how I think the power of brand works. If on an individual you have a great product, so I'm, I love that brand mm-hmm. because I know that brand delivers, rather than, well, you know, Jay Z reps that brand, so I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm with him. So where, whatever he's into, I'm into. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, a hundred percent. And I think the other insight I got from that conversation that you shared with me is, the thing with when something becomes a click is it because it's because it became insular. Yeah. It became about catering to that person instead of calling that person higher. So some of the most successful brands I feel like are in the world are aspirational. Yes. Right. Sure. right? Like you love Nike. Cause you're like, I just feel like I'm fitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Nike. You, know, you love Apple. Cause it's like, Oh man, like I just feel more sophisticated. I feel, mm-hmm. I feel smarter cause mm-hmm. I have an Apple device. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it yeah. makes me, it makes me smarter. I feel mm-hmm. stupider with an Android. <laughs> just like, right. you know, it sounds right? pretty clicky. I don't know. <laughs> sounds very clicky. <laughs> But, but yeah, it's this idea that, um, you know, uh, can, can the brand actually, uh, help you aspire Mm. to be even greater than, than you are? I feel like people are attracted to that. I think people are attracted to that and it's well positioned marketing, Mm. you know, like, uh, we're talking about Nike. Remember we were at the, um, the game in New Orleans Mm -hmm. where the Pelicans games and we came out of the Pelicans game and we just had, you know, we just saw the Pelicans win. It was amazing win. Uh, Zion, we just crushed it, you know, and uh, that was spectacular. Then we literally walk outside and on the parking garage across the way was this gigantic poster of Zion with his arms spread and all it had was a tick and he just had his big muscular arms out, you know, holding a basketball (laughs) and you're like, that's awesome. <laughs> Nike. <laughs> they didn't need to do it. We just watched Zion, yeah. but they capitalized yes. on the feelings and the emotions and walked out like, that's my dude. Yeah, yes. I don't even support the Pelicans, yeah. but I was like, I wanted to salute him. I don't know why, but it just, it just got the emotion and the connection. And it was really great brand power uh, to go, man, they're just, they're really going after the feeling, the connection. And I think they've tapped into something humanistic. Oh yeah, mm. that that a great brand makes you feel. Yes, that's what a brand. If it's going to be effective, it makes you feel, and you got to oh, feel yeah. that thing. So I think this is where we're getting you know full circle back to the psyop. I feel like it triggers emotions within you, mm. and uh, 
we we can't get away from being human and having emotions, but can we not get caught up in the drama? Mm. And it's so easy to get caught up in the drama of a political, you know, propaganda or whatever because we are emotional. But how do we feel the right things and not get led by our wrong emotions? Mm -hmm. That is so good. That's where the enemy lies, to grab your emotions. Mm -hmm. So now he's got locked up in fear. You know, the government's in control and you start, you know, building a shack out in the middle of nowhere and becoming ineffective for the kingdom. Well, hang on. The enemy wins if he changes most of your conversation off kingdom and onto political. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. And and what I what I am kind of learning through this conversation too that that I'm reminded of is that at the end of the day people are moved by story, mm. right? And so to that point is like you can use story to produce feelings of fear, but on the flip side you can tell really great stories to produce feelings of inspiration mm-hmm. and more kind of positive, uh, productive feelings, right? And so I I found this to be true because I, I felt like I was in a season building overflow where you know. You, you start the company based on vision because it's all you got. Mm-hmm. You don't got any spreadsheets. You don't got any traction. Mm-hmm. You have to raise money on vision, essentially. And so you start in that premise, but then you get a little bit more sophisticated. You get some customers. You get to that first million in revenue. And then all of a sudden, you're more mechanical because you understand how hard that was to get to a million. You right. understand like, okay, I got to think about margins. I got to think about unit economics. I got to think about customer acquisition cost and average value per customer. And you're, you're going through the mechanics of a business, which is all important. Mm-hmm. It's all good. Uh, but I, I, I realized this past year that, oh, people didn't originally invest into me because of those mechanics. Mm-hmm. People didn't originally join the company because of those mechanics. People actually originally joined, partnered, invested because of the story. Sure. Right? And so when I started going back to the roots of telling stories, I started finding myself getting re-excited mm. about what we were building. And through that, that energy being transferred on potential customers wanting to sign up faster. Yeah. Right? And so I, I came up with this whole presentation. It's called Meet Alejandro, which is this whole idea of talking about the future of our roadmap, our product roadmap, but not from like a position of here's the product roadmap matrix and here's a spreadsheet and it's going to be delivered by this date and these are the features and these are the benefits. No, no, it's just a story of Alejandro's journey throughout the church yeah, and how the underlying theme about every single transaction, whether it's buying a coffee or buying church merch or giving mm. within the church is all connected through the thread of an overflow application, mm. right? And I realized that, okay, now I'm able to connect all these like amazing things we want to do into one storyline that people can digest Mm -hmm. and then people feel something Mm -hmm. (laughs) with that. Right. And so it could be as boring as like a FinTech company all the way to a PSYOP Netflix Mm -hmm. thing. But at the end of the day, people are moved by story. Oh, that's so powerful. And I think it's, a lot of it is like the why, right? Like why you're doing it. Cause when you're going through this and you're building and like you're going through your seasons and like the ups and downs, you can kind of get caught up in it and then you forget the why. Mm. And it's kind of like that excitement kind of, you know, fades away. And I've talked to this like with a lot of my friends that kind of are going through startups and stuff. And then that kind of idea of like burnout happens. And it's like, Oh, I don't really know, you know, like every day feels like a grind, but, Mm. but if you know the why and like why you're going about it, like, do you have like techniques or stuff that you guys have done in the past, like kind of help you remind yourself, like what's the why as you're going Mm. through stuff? Yeah. We call it connecting the dots. Mm -hmm. You know, we're always trying to connect the dots to the why, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Even in the early days when we were setting up the church, you know, why are we here at 5am? You know, because we're connecting the dots with when that person comes to the altar, Mm there was things that we did in setting the atmosphere and mastering what was a temporary environment and making it feel like it was permanently vibe and all those kinds of things. And I think that the, 
the skill of a leader is in how they connect the dots mm -hmm. constantly for oh, everybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How does even the janitor mm -hmm. feel like they're getting this product to market? You know what I mean? And if you can do that, well, guess what? The janitor's going to clean better than any janitor you can have because mm -hmm. they feel like they're part of the mission. Mm -hmm. And so your job is to keep connecting what we do to the mission, uh, how, how uh, menial or how major the task is. You've got to connect the dots. That is another way of saying uh, this is our why. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. That's really good. You're, you served in production team. Did you feel like those dots were being connected? Oh, for yeah, you 100%. Vibe, for I example? Think, yeah, Even I, before production, mm -hmm. weren't you on the... Uh, a7. Oh, yeah, V7X. V7X. Biggest scam ever. You know what? <laughs> Biggest scam ever. It was modeled hey, after you got a hoodie. Guess. I did get probably the cleanest hoodie. It's, honestly. Clean it's hoodie. still one of my favorites. It's, nice it's one of my favorite hoodies. <laughs> yeah. But for those that know, it was called V7X because the idea was you serve seven times. And then you you recruit people to come in after you, right. then the, but then the you just 70, the seventieth <laughs> time, yeah, time later, we were just it was it. just us. Bro. That recruiting problem was on you. <laughs> That's true. Actually, shout out to Sean who was also there, he major was, recruiter. He hasn't recruit anybody. served since. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but Sean, I will say Sean that gave up. I will say though, my time on production, the one thing that remained true was no matter what, it was like a group, a team effort. It didn't matter yeah. if your role started later, everybody showed up at 5 a.m. Everybody mm. showed up at 5 a.m. And if there was a place where you could step in, that was the mission. It was, mm. okay, now I can help. I'm still here. Maybe my team, you know, the setup happens later, but now I can go help another Was team. there somebody that set mm. the tone there, like with that? Yeah. That set that culture? I think it, that I connected think it, those dots? It all, it all kind of funnels down from like leadership all the way down. Mm -hmm. And but like with like Danielle and Andrew, yeah. they kind of set the tone and it, they lead by example. They're always the first ones there. They're always the last ones out. Yeah. And I think that kind of leadership it like you can just see it with every level down the leaders that they produce it starts to like show into that see see that's yeah. that's the point that i wanted to make is like um what we what we've said actually in vive since the beginning is that you have to actually hemorrhage culture if you want people to even sweat it mm. like three four levels down mm -hmm. right and so i just was curious mm -hmm. Uh, because it sounded like even like two, three, four levels down, it was still so strong. Yeah. Because every single step of the way, yeah. people were carrying that culture, connecting those dots. Yeah. And I think they're carrying that mission that you you bring in. And I think a lot of it stems from it wasn't here. This is what you need to do, and then there's a disconnect between you and right. it, that. I think it kind of goes with what we talked about last time. That deeper connection, it's there, right? And that deeper Good. connection then goes down to another deeper connection between them and then. The next level down you guys have mastered that but you've seen sometimes uh it's not every area that we've had that right mm. there's sometimes it's like it's diluted in this area and you've had to go multiple levels yep. to, yeah how do you correct it i think there are times where you definitely have to step beyond a few levels to make sure the connection's making it yes mm. that means there's a broken connection yes that means that maybe somebody is receiving it but they're not passing it on mm. and so Spoken like a good electrician yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've got a broken circuit guys uh, but you know it's like about I, I, I want to assess where on the connection is the break because mm. I could see it in the people are they feeling like loose or disconnected mm. or or, or it's not being repeated, language isn't being, you know, uh, repeated. I mean, let's talk, bring it, even the propaganda talk that we started with, you know, we're going to feed people language. Mm. And so people yes. talk about it. Absolutely. Uh, that happens in the church as mm -hmm. well. For sure. Uh, I know I can use it for good or I can use it for evil. I could easily say, uh, and I, I've done this with the team before, I can I can say on Sunday, hey, this is fresh teaching. Yes. Mm. Yes. I, and if I say that several times, everyone's report from Sunday is like, Wow, that was fresh. 100%. You know, 
So for me, I'm not going to say any of that crap because I know churches that do that stuff, mm-hmm. right? And and however, there are handles that I want culturally right. through the church. So I'll frame it the same way every time. I don't deviate from the sentence. I make sure I say the sentence exactly how I want it repeated because repetition actually is what catches the culture mm-hmm. so that people can now say it. I always say so that... Good investigation actually is the best invitation. Yes. So if I can actually make something appealing enough so that someone actually investigates it for themselves, then they're actually a brand ambassador. Yeah, the thing is, if you want somebody to carry the culture, you have to have a handle, Yep. right? It's like a piece of luggage, Mm -hmm. right? If the luggage is culture and you want them to carry that luggage, it has to have a handle. And so... There's things that like are ingrained in our church that we don't even have it on website anymore, mm-hmm. but people will still echo. Like mm-hmm. um, there's a culture that we wanted to produce of kind of like this forward driving type community, mm-hmm. right? Mobilize every member type church, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And so we used to say um, we're aggressive, but not arrogant, mm. right? And that was just a handle yep. that it's a, it's alliterated. Um, and it captures what we're trying to say. We're, we're saying we're assertive. We're saying we're driving. We're saying we're aggressive. We're saying this is our nature, mm-hmm. but not in a way that's arrogant and off-putting, mm-hmm. right? But you just put that handle together. Now people can carry it. Yeah. They understand it's descriptive. You know what it is and you know what it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just launched another one, uh, you know, because we are now 12 locations around the, the globe. Mm-hmm. And uh, what we wanted to do is we wanted to make sure that every campus and the handle that we put out there recently is we don't echo, we amplify. Good. So that it's not diminishing returns. Like, you know, you drop, you know, a, a pebble in a pond, it's going to have a ripple effect, but by the time it gets Diluted. out, it mm-hmm, dilutes mm-hmm. the effect. Well, but if we amplify it, it actually has more effect. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like that nature that we're not just doing echoes of Mountain View, but it may originate in Mountain View, but now you get to put your flavor, your culture. Mm -hmm. You need to put it through the lens of Italian culture. You get Mm -hmm. to put it through the lens of German culture, UK culture, through Hawaiian culture, Mm -hmm. so that you take the core, but you amplify it with your culture. It's these handles that give people uh, what we call permission. Mm -hmm. It's mission, but they get the permission to achieve the mission through their filter. So I'm adding their creativity. It's not just a list of like task soldiers, like, okay, I'll do it. It's actually add your creativity to it. Mm. Make this yours. It's beautiful. That's good. I also think that what's underestimated is nonverbal cues. Yes. Right. And the actual actions Mm -hmm. that you substantiate your words with. And I've seen this, right? I've seen this because we have churches in places like Italy that literally don't speak the same language, Mm -hmm. but it happens every single time. Anybody from Mountain View location uh, that knows Vive Church Mountain View and visits an Italian location, even though they know they don't know any word that they said, right. they always say, but it felt like Vive. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. Like, and so, but I know that's because, you know, in the early days, we took like five, six trips a year and I would see Pastor Adam in the way that he showed up to a room and the way he would just be tidying up wire. Like there's a bunch of nonverbal things that people, even though they might not know what you're saying, mm-hmm. but they see what you're doing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden that, that nonverbal cue is then replicated as well. Um, I, I saw this stat the other day where it's actually really powerful. The way that uh, you walk into a room, whether it's your home or maybe your place of business the way that you walk into the room and you carry yourself for the first two minutes will dictate, will largely dictate how the rest of the wow, 
the the home goes oh, or the rest of the business goes. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about that. I was like, how do I walk in rooms? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, about that now. Yeah. it's such a yeah. it's such a big deal. It's a big deal. I mean, I like traps for people. Mm. I like I like traps for team. Mm. I let, I, so there's been times uh, where recently where I put uh, some trash out on the sidewalk wow. and I just wanted to see, and wow. I was offside. I wanted to see which team members walked past it, which team members. Wow. Grabbed it. Are you just watching? Yeah. Just, oh, wow. Yeah. I'm like, a little, I'm like a little stalker, you yeah. know, I'm just watching. Cause I want to see, uh, is it, oh, it's not my job or is this my house? Interesting. How, how, how long did it take? Didn't take long. Actually, okay, good. didn't oh, take great. long. Oh, beautiful. Um, and the people that walked past it, I think they just might have seen it. I mean, okay. you can fair, fair. <laughs> <You're sad. laughs> yeah. um, that's great. Uh, yeah, but I'm watching. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's interesting. That's really cool. I think that one key part about that is you talk about actions, but it was at every level, and you yourself, if you're a leader, have to be the one to do have that. Have to. You, yes. can't be, you can't to. just be the one that says it, right? You can't outsource it. You cannot. And how did, did you no guys way. have to go through that or did you guys always know it as leaders? Kind of that was the way it was going to be. I don't think, I don't think I knew any other way. Mm -hmm. I don't think I know any other way. Sure. I think, you know, it's, it's every problem is my problem. Mm, that's good. You know, like I don't, high I can't sit good. there and say, oh, well, that's your problem. Right. Well, good. no, it's my organization mm -hmm. and it's going to reflect on my reputation. Mm -hmm. good. And so every problem is my problem. Mm -hmm. um, I want to bring people into the problem to help solve it, but I can't just dismiss it. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, I'm, I'm always looking at, uh, and you do, you can run the mistake of what your vision is on, right? So we probably spent the first 10 years of Vive super focused on the worship experience mm -hmm but we probably didn't pay enough attention to the Sunday experience, mm. which is everything that happens outside of right, 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 right. the auditorium. Yes, yes, yes. So what's happening in the auditorium stage from preaching to worship, Excellent. and that is like off the charts, mm -hmm. but uh, people finding a parking spot mm. and, and uh, people um, you know, getting information and all those kinds of things that it's like, oh man, now we've got to focus more on that. Right. So it's like, it's what's in your vision, it's mm -hmm. what's in your optics. And so I think unless you inspect all areas of your organization, um, it's easy to give all your attention to the one that your eyes are on the most. Right? Yeah, that, that mentality, though, is so powerful. Mm -hmm. Every problem is my problem. Yeah. What I hear from that is high responsibility. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right? It's this, uh, we, we say at Overflow, because I'm a big Kobe fan growing up, Mamba mentality, mm -hmm. right? This, this idea. So I, I started hearing something in our company that was really frustrating me because there were some, like, really high-performing team members that we had, but they would say things like, I... I think I need an admin. I'm, I'm not great at admin. Mm. And I'm like, you don't, you don't just get an admin. Right. Like, right. So it's kind of like, so, so I, I, I created, I created this thing. I think I need a masseuse. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a little stiff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just like, you, you're not allowed to say that. Right. Because, and so I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to confirm. It's a bad idea to admit any fault to yeah, your boss, any definitely. weakness. Be yeah. like, hey, I really suck at admin. Like, okay. Uh, find somebody but I, else. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I couldn't tell because they kind of wanted to assist it. And mm. I'm just like. Hang on, is this a Gen like Z kind of employee? Ooh, or like, Well, they're all millennials pretty much. Mm. Um, like on the bottom end? We talking? They, yeah, they're, yeah I, I would hear it on all the spectrums. And. And so I was like really frustrated. I was addressing it in real time, but then I was like, you know what? I need to come up with um, an analogy for people so that so that when I correct them, it doesn't come off too harsh. Because I was really annoyed. Mm -hmm. I was like, guys, you can't just say. I, I heard it like three times in like the span of two days. I was like, what's going on? And so and so I created this kind of theme within our company: championship mentality. We're mm. going to build a championship team. And so everything is under that banner now. So it doesn't come off as harsh. I come off as a coach. Mm -hmm. Right. And mm -hmm. so when, when I hear those type of things and I've heard it cause it, 
it, it might not be admin, but it rhymes like that, right? It's like something else. Mm. And what I tell people is like, no, no, no. It's kind of like when you're um, playing basketball and you're trying to be the world's greatest basketball player like Kobe was. He's not allowed to say, man, like, I just can't do a layup with my left hand. Mm-hmm. No, no, you work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you That's so good. You okay, maybe you're not gonna shoot with your left hand like your right hand, but you're gonna have some level of proficiency mm-hmm. on your left hand. Mm-hmm. And so I, I've started to infuse that and people are getting excited now. Mm-hmm. So they don't say those like that crap anymore. Like, mm-hmm. oh I just I'm not good at admin. It's love, kinda like I love one of the, the Kobe sayings where he was like, uh, I see guys turn up to training on time and leave at the end of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, why am I passing them the ball? <laughs> exactly. He's, exactly. He's turning up an hour before training exactly. and staying an hour after. Exactly. So he's looking for the hustle guys like yes. him, you know. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's an excuse. I need an admin. That's yeah. that's so crazy. That yeah. is so crazy. It's crazy. But I no, I, I've heard it in church, right? Mm. Where pastors will say, Man, I'm just I'm a phenomenal preacher. I'm just not good at finances. Mm. No, no, you're not allowed to say that. No, you're the lead pastor, yeah. CEO yeah. of the organization. <laughs> yes. You're not allowed to not be good at finances. Exactly. You need to have some level. Of, I'm not saying you have to be a CFO, right? But you have to have some level of proficiency. Like the same way I can do a layup with my left hand, mm-hmm. it's not going to be as good as my right, but I can do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That sounds like a concoction for disaster. Totally. To say I'm it, not good at finances. Been. Let it me just been. leave it to somebody else, man. I tell pastors that, you know, you the person you meet with the most is your CFO. Right. More than your worship pastor, more mm. than your youth pastor, mm. more than your connections team, your CFO, you need to have, we have two weekly meetings, Good. me and my CFO, mm. so that we can actually go through everything, update everything, check everything, eyes on, transparency, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of the, it's one of the most important areas, I think, of an organization and uh, and a church. Well, that's one of your other mental models, right? Is you, you've said for a while, know enough to be dangerous. Yes. Mm. So it's this, this mentality that you don't just outsource stuff. Mm-hmm. No, no, you got to be involved. Got to be involved. As a leader, every problem, I love that. Every problem's your problem. Every mm-hmm. problem. At the end of the day. Yep. Like you can't just keep kicking the can down the road. Like <laughs> exactly. you, if, if it's not solved, then it's still something you need to pay attention to. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not saying it's, it's wrong to have gaps. It's, it's no. just this idea of you have to put the work in, yeah. right? And you have to be able to overcome those gaps because that's kind of what gets filtered down. And if somebody sees, oh yeah, he's not willing to put the work in, and he's just telling other people to do it. Maybe that's a kind of like that, you know, you, you talked about that bad apple or that bad yes. seed that kind of just, you know, filters down to the rest of your company. And so it's like from a leadership level, you have to be the one that's like, okay, I'm going to go investigate this. I'm going to be the first one. in. that's the problem. The problem is my problem. Yeah, the problem is my problem because I think otherwise you can start to p- build an ivory tower where you actually totally. don't have any bad reports coming to you. Mm. Totally. And, and then you create this you create this really brittle organization where people can only tell you good things. Mm-hmm. And, and before you know it, the whole organization's frail and the next storm that comes, it falls apart because, hang on, everyone was telling me it was great, mm-hmm. but because you only heard great news. Well, I love the uh, illustration you gave in the sermon this past Sunday because it, it completely shifted my perspective. You, you gave this illustration of a sailing coat. Yes, <laughs> yes. And um, basically, long story short, uh, because you had the sailing coat and you were wearing it in California in 70-degree weather, <laughs> you were actually looking for a storm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was Because you wanted to put the coat to use. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? And I think that's a mark of great leadership is when you understand that, okay, hey, like I have some tools, um, I'm equipped, I'm called, 
to this, you're not trying to run away from the problems. Mm -hmm. You're actually trying to run to the problems. Right. No, no, no. I'm a problem solver. Give me a problem right now. Mm -hmm. Like, where's the problem in the organization right, right. now? I'm going to solve it. Yeah, right. and there's things about your leadership you'll only discover in problems. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like mm. we, I said this with the sailing jacket, there's like this clear patch on the back. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what that is. Uh, I don't know what it's for, but I'm sure in the storm I'll figure it out, mm -hmm. you know, because exactly. it'll reveal itself. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with your faith. It's the same thing with your leadership, that in the right conditions you'll actually learn things about yourself that you didn't have or didn't know without the conditions around you. So good. You know what's so, so interesting about that illustration as well? Yeah. I think for somebody that's looking to follow a leader, the person you're going to follow is the one that looks most prepared. And the, I, the illustration yes, so of true. having that jacket, if I saw two people on a boat, the yep. person I'm going to go talk to is the one that's <laughs> wearing the, the sailing jacket. With the sailing jacket, yeah. And so I think as a leader, you have to be the one so that, you know, true. you look the most prepared. If yep. you are prepared, you'll be the one that looks the most prepared. The other thing is, look at, if you go down to a, a, a sailing dock uh, and the stormy weather is brewing, Look at the ones with a smile on their face. <laughs> the ones who are excited about some wind. Mm. They're not the ones who are out there just to have a little picnic on the deck. Mm -hmm. they're, they're looking to get sailing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And they're I think that's sailings. the leader is like smiling when the storm's coming because yeah. it's like, oh, now we're going to pick up some pace. Oh, yeah. Now it's going to cause some uh, mm. disruption mm -hmm. and we're going to have some waves to ride here. Mm. I think that's a good word for 2024. Yes. yes. I mean, it's, it's are you prepared? And if you're not... Don't ask for help. Get, put the work in. Get prepared. Oh, so Don't ask for an admin. Don't ask for an admin. That, that's going to be the word for 2024. Don't ask for an admin. I'm just not good at admin, you know. <laughs> just, just not good at admin. <laughs> I hate writing emails. Really drag. Yeah. It's like I need an admin. I need this an admin writer work. to write my emails. Yeah, it's actually called work. But do you feel like generations are losing that? Oh, like that's, what I, that's what I wanted to get to. Like, it's like AI now, everything is automated. I, I don't feel. Have to do anything. I don't know. Like I've seen a few uh, TikTok esque things. Oh, I think I on those. like um, reels where it's like you know these Gen Zers who are going off about like, hey, I'm like I'm just not prepared to work somewhere if they're not looking after this and they're not doing this, and, and I'm like. It's just hilarious. Mm. I don't know if that's a true representation of Gen Z or if they're just an true. easy target. But <laughs> I've had conversations where like phone calls of just like, yeah, so I just want to call because, um, you know, I was just feeling a lot of pressure and I just want to, you know, look after my mental health mm. and just taking care of previous trauma. Like every buzzword. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. right. Previous trauma. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, right. Right. This is your oh, second job. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but how do you even respond to that? I mean, like the, the way the world is right now, you if they mention any of those trigger words you can't even say anything back you're like okay yeah mental health thing i think you can't well oh, I, really? I feel i mean i don't know it's so woke it's so scary to well, get canceled now well what i feel like is i feel <laughs> like for some of us i guess yeah, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't care about getting canceled i feel like the the route that i've seen effective i'm not an expert mm. uh but the route that i've seen effective is i think in moments of frustration we can just be dismissive of people. Mm, mm -hmm. But what I've learned is actually just the art of reflecting back what they're saying mm. to them mm -hmm. <laughs> and helping them realize, mm -hmm. okay, so what I hear you saying is, and just reflecting it back. Mm -hmm. And then you can see kind of this journey. Maybe it's slow, maybe they get it fast, but there is this journey where they're actually, for the first time, it seems like processing out how mm, ridiculous uh, it sounds, <laughs> you know, mm. and not accusing but just clarifying mm -hmm. and allowing them to come to those conclusions. I mean, that's part of like leadership, right? Is mm -hmm. like, how good of a question asker mm -hmm. are you? Mm -hmm. If everything that you're doing is just dictating, they're not gonna have any ownership, right? But if you're helping lead them through conversation and questions, and sometimes you don't have the luxury of that because you gotta get stuff done, mm -hmm. right? So I get it, mm -hmm. but yeah. Um, but even taking that yeah. initial step, 
even maybe for yourself will allow you to pr- take a second to process it. And I say this, you know, even in marriage, maybe like, Oh yeah. Just, talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean like, I'm, you know, like first you're married and stuff. I'm doing a great job. Come guys. On, <laughs> <laughs> Shops is a trooper. <laughs> hey, praise her, praise her, honestly. But no, I think, I think it is really important to be able to ask the right questions and to yeah. bring that out of them as like a leader. Right. Yeah. Look, I think, you know, to the to that generation that's emerging and maybe we're going too hard on the Gen Z. Yeah, maybe yeah, sure, maybe sure. let's just poke holes at millennials for a moment. Yeah, um, yeah let's do it. <laughs> you know, the, 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 the conversation, maybe as an employer mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, maybe you're not in the church and you're out in the workforce and there are triggers like mental health and past trauma and all that kind of stuff. But maybe you are to a degree stuck with saying, like freaking out, but you've got to men- make a mental catalog of correct what's the fragility of this person Mm -hmm. yes and your job as an employer is not to support necessarily support them through their mental health journey are they getting the job done Mm -hmm. correct and sometimes actually by firing somebody is actually one of the best things for them to take stock and go maybe i can't act so fragile Mm -hmm. maybe maybe i need to toughen up Mm -hmm. and and maybe they've just been pandered to their whole life Mm -hmm. and so now they're perpetuating the system that that's all they know Mm -hmm. rather than the generation before that probably just figured it out like if i show weakness i'm going to be the first on the chopping block Mm -hmm. so maybe i've got to get strong maybe i'm going to get in the gym maybe i've got to get there like if i kept getting beat up at school i realized after a while i better go and (laughs) lift some weights you know what i mean i got i got to be able to muscle up here i think it's the same in in the world and you know i'll probably get canceled for that but no no i i I just think that there is this we have to process everything out loud with each other Mm. right it's like no i think you're meant to process that with god Mm. (laughs) or Mm. on your own maybe you're not a faith person but like just I think you're meant to process that before you take that in public. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. what happened with, I think there was like, we over, we overdid the vulnerability thing. Is what, that social media? We ever, we ever did it. Is that social media? Because now everything you yes. do has to get posted. No, yes. If, I think if, it's social oh, media. Oh, it's definitely partly that for sure. It's like every thought you have posted. I think about this with be. girls. Like there used to be a day and age where girls would do their makeup at home, not mm, on social media. Right. Where now it's like they're right. doing the makeover online. It's like, Oh, okay. Well, thank you for showing me what you look like without makeup. Um, fantastic. Uh, good to know. Um, but but you know there used to be a level of you know secrecy. Like hey, let you me get canceled. Yeah, yeah, this thing, this thing, yeah. that one. <laughs> I got three daughters. We have conversations about this all the time. Like you don't need to show everything, guys. You don't you need know? to show everything. Yeah. You don't need to have to process everything. This is the crazy thing too, especially with your boss. Mm. <laughs> right. yeah, what are we about? Like, yeah. like I, I just I don't I don't understand where it's kind of like when I was coming up in my career it it was definitely like this idea that hey look I'm I'm here to serve the company I'm here to serve mm-hmm. you know what I mean like and I want to bring my best self and all of a sudden it for in some context it feels like it's reversed oh definitely you know and I'm all for servant leadership mm-hmm. I'm not saying like oh it's all like you you serve your boss mm-hmm. but it's just kind of like we've we've lost some of that uh honor that respect mm. for the craft for the job for the company you know yeah. what i mean no i definitely agree there's something about this idea of independence that kind of like perverted that whole concept of there is a hierarchy there is some level of respect that needs to be there. but people are like oh i'm independent so i can do whatever is the best for me it's a good thing <laughs> and it's just kind of it's all through the culture now. And I think I kind of like... Look, I'm going to try and stay cool right now because you guys are getting me heated. I, can, I feel like it's about to come out. I can like get, finish this pot on fire. I mean, like... 
And so that was the last uh, <laughs> number 19. Could have get to 20. <laughs> We're starting a new podcast yeah, 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 in 2024. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, anything else? Anything you guys want to reflect on before we close it out for t- today? Uh, can we quickly just get a lay of the land on the political climate? Do you still like Vivek? Are you, mm. are you going cold on Vivek? Are you back on Trump? Where are you at? So I watched the last debate, mm-hmm. um, and this is coming from somebody that like really likes Vivek. Mm-hmm. I thought he was, and he's gotten this criticism before, but this is the first time I was like, oh yeah, you are obnoxious. Mm, like he was just uh, going for personal insults on Nikki Haley. He was going for, he was like literally calling like uh, Chris Christie's fat and yeah, stuff like yeah, that. You yeah, know, yeah. regardless if it's true or not. Yeah. <laughs> like you don't do, like that's just, it again. Like you got caught up in the drama like you were talking yeah, about. Like you the just, game. Like, there is a decorum to things like mm. we were talking about. Like there is some level of like just dignity and respect. Like I feel attacking like. her intelligence. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. it's just like, okay, um, he's starting to play those games. Yeah. And I know that maybe those games have worked in the past for, for certain candidates and stuff, but that's, that's personally been a little bit mm. off-putting for me. I still agree with a lot of his main points and mm-hmm. things like that. Here's where I'm at with it. I just think that at this point, we're getting closer and closer to the nominee. I don't think anybody's going to catch Trump. I just, oh, yeah. I just, he's just so far in the lead. Right. And so... Did you say unfortunately? Yeah, I mean like... <laughs> Did he say that? <laughs> yeah, wow. Tell us what you really think. <laughs> it's, you know, it's just like the person, right? It's just the person, you know? I don't so mind a lot of So you just got caught up in the drama. <laughs> you caught up in the drama. You're right, we talked about it. See, I take a different position with Vake. Yeah. I, I feel like it's very intentional. He wants I to be think, VP, right? Uh, maybe, maybe. Oh, definitely, he won't say a bad thing about Trump. No, no, he won't because uh, I, I think it's smart, but I think you know you need to be in headlines. Right mm. now, you need to control the narrative. And he's and, doing that. Fair and enough. he's trying to do things that are aggressive. Sure. Because mm-hmm. otherwise he's just a pushover. Totally. Young, you know, mm-hmm. maybe in a few years. Bro. That's true. But now I think that's true. His team he's are very smart. They're like, yeah. go toe to toe. He has mm-hmm. to. Push yeah. back. Mm-hmm. You good know, point. That's what Trump did. And that's what literally refreshed that's, people mm-hmm. like, hey, yeah. this guy's re- ready to stand up toe to toe. And everyone else does look weak to me. Yeah, I looked. Yeah. I, I was bullish on DeSantis in the early days, but he's just muted and mm. soft. And it's like, man, I kind of want bummer. someone who's got some grit. Mm. I want someone who's going to stand up to somebody else and say, hey, you're corrupt. Mm-hmm. You suck. It's you true. did this. Yeah. You actually used your, your political position and For power game, yeah, to gain yeah. yourself. And, you know, I, I kind of... Calling him out. I want someone to stand up toe-to-toe in the schoolyard yeah. and go, hey, I'm calling you out. So for me, that one major points uh, for, Ve- for Vake. Uh, and I'm... Is that I'm, your number one candidate right now? I, I'm still, I, see, I'm probably, you know, circulating a couple of different mm-hmm. scenarios. Yeah. I've got to be careful with who I let people know I that's support. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, don't want, I don't want to do that uh, yeah, and persuade true. people. But yeah, yeah. I feel like I, I like someone who, I don't get caught up in the drama of mm. what's being said. I don't get caught up in the drama of a mean tweet. Mm. What I get, I don't even get caught up in the drama of a fat call. Mm. Okay. Because <laughs> um, for me, I, what I'm looking forward to is, what is fundamentally the policies? Now, they need, I think candidates need to play the game. Mm. They need to get in headlines. They need to be in the conversation mm-hmm. like we are right now, right? True. They need to be in podcast conversations. Did you hear he said that? You know, he left his mic on the other day. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. He's having a conversation. You've got uh, Alex Jones. You've got uh, Elon Musk, Vivek, um, all the big hitters on that, that, that uh, X call. 
and Vivek went to the bathroom and mm. he left his mic on and okay. you can hear him going to the toilet <laughs> and and someone's like, hey, someone's left their mic on. I think that's you, Vivek. He goes, oh, sorry. I'm thinking, I think he did it on purpose. A hundred percent. Because it didn't sound moment. like... Yeah. Viral moment. It didn't yeah. sound like toilet. It sounded like something else. But like, mm. yep. Oh, I feel better now, guys. You know, and I'm like, he's looking for viral moments. <laughs> he's really resonating with a younger he's audience. Smart. Yes. He's really he's smart. crushing that area, bro. He's smart. Well, he had like twenty thousand followers on on Instagram. Mm. Oh, he's yeah. now almost got a million. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, so he's getting in the populace, and a big part of the voting narrative is when it comes to voting, do I recognize a name? Mm -hmm. For yeah. sure. Yeah, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, he did yeah. that thing. You know what yeah. I mean? And I think that he's playing that game because policies alone doesn't do it. Mm -hmm. It's going to be pos policy and personality. Mm -hmm. We're in the United States of America. Yeah. <laughs> if true. policies alone did it, there'd yeah. be different We invented outcomes. Hollywood, baby. Exactly. Yeah, Wait, do you guys true. have like a climate on like the younger generation and their interest in voting? For me, it seems like there is not a lot of interest in like the political scene and all that. There's like an almost like untapped market of like voters out there. Oh, for sure. That I feel like he, you know, is kind of trying to reach out to and get into, but I don't know if you guys have like just talking to people. I don't even think millennials do a great job of oh, yeah. voting. You no, know what I mean? Not, yeah. I think we need to, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like really been getting a lot more interested, not in just national politics, but even like local politics. Mm. I've been doing a lot of research. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, man, you know, there's all these tools. We, we pay all these taxes. We should care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we Not should just complain. But what, we should what, what's been <laughs> annoying me is when I actually, to your garbage thing, actually, I don't know, like God, the Holy Spirit, whatever, has just been highlighting to me just trash everywhere. I just see trash everywhere yeah. now. And I'm just like, it's almost to the point I'm like, no, I really want to do something yeah. <laughs> about this. This is ridiculous. Like yeah, is. we really need, like we pay all these taxes, but like I know what my property tax is, right? We, ha we have yes. these houses in the Bay Area and just like, no, no, like we need to, we, like, especially millennials that, that are starting to get more mature. They're in the 30s. They're heading into the 40s, all that type of stuff. We, we have more influence, resources. We should have a voice. Mm -hmm. So right? that's, that's why you don't generally get a lot of young people interested in politics is because it, they don't pay taxes. Mm. Yes. To the degree, maybe they pay some income yes. tax. But True. when you're paying property taxes, True. and that is like an astronomical, astronomical amount of money every year, you're like, where is where is this going? Mm -hmm. And and who am I paying salary for? And you mm -hmm. start to actually have a mortgage, yes, and yes, interest yes. rates that's are affected, such a good point. and all the policies actually now affect you directly. Mm -hmm. So that's when you actually get invested. Up until then, you're just a pretty much interested in climate change and some nuanced <laughs> thing that you go out there, you know. Because you're young and no responsibility, you'll mm -hmm. sit on a freeway mm -hmm. and you'll block something, uh, stop oil or whatever garbage that you're on about because you actually aren't in reality yet. Mm -hmm. You're in a fictitious world like this actually matters. Mm -hmm. mm. And the grand scheme of things, when you get dependents and people you know who depend on you, kids yeah. and their education and raising their next generation, putting a roof over their head and putting food in their stomachs, what actually becomes more important than, hey, let's stop oil, is actually, hey, how is our taxes being used yes. to better the environment that we're in? Yeah. So good. I think local government's important because we actually have a chance to affect it. Oh, like, we can it's we are, absolutely influence it. Like, yes. A hundred percent. I don't know. You should go sit in, like, I've been told this. I haven't done it myself, and I want to. Just those meetings where you can yeah. actually go and voice your opinion. Yeah, I've been to like, one. I feel like that's a first step in yeah. being interested in politics. And so, like, absolutely. I've been told this by people that kind of work in, the, like, local government. Like, that's the first step. Absolutely. Yeah. We're working on it here in Vive. Oh, cool. um, we're, we're putting a... Uh, 
uh, pretty much a program together for anybody who is interested in politics mm-hmm. cool, um, cool. as a calling. That's um, awesome. We're putting pathways for, for, you know, really educating them, equipping them with mentors, oh, giving them inroads into school boards, uh, local boards, uh, just really easy entry things that are going to get you connections and network in that sphere. Um, and so give you a really clear pathway on how to build really kingdom principle and policy because we just we feel the future is about having kingdom policymakers in positions of power it's beautiful oh, it's beautiful incredible. well it's been a great year for the high pod first Big year. year excited for what you've been a great addition Arun. yeah Appreciate man you guys this having has been me on, fun honestly. dude it's been, you've been a great job it's been great to be with you guys so. you're popular with the people oh, yeah fantastic. the people love you hey, and good. just a reminder march 6th Ooh, march, march 6th, 6th yes the Hype Network is coming together at FlowCon. We were just planning it, Pastor Adam and I, the other day. We're going to have a big hype session. It's going to be exciting. With some really, really special guests. People are going to be flying in from all over the nation. Uh, the Hype Network is going to show up in full force. And, yeah, so tell uh, them who it's for. Like who yeah, listening yeah, yeah, should yeah. be interested in yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is really a conference um, at the intersection of faith, innovation, and technology, right? And so that's essentially why we started the Hype Network is because of our regional position, uh, one of our main locations being in Mountain View, which would be the heart of the Silicon Valley, right? Palo Alto, Mountain View, the heart of the Silicon Valley. We naturally attract to our church entrepreneurs, VCs, innovators, makers, people in crypto, (laughs) bullish on Ethereum, all these type of things, emerging technologies, people that are either building those technologies, even if you're not though, and you're interested in it. That was one of the things at one of our last events at the Hype House that I was floored by is there probably half of the people are not building it yet. Mm -hmm. They were just kind of like, Outside looking in, Mm -hmm. here to learn. Mm -hmm. And so if you are building it or you're just here to learn, come. Come. And so you'll see some landing pages in the next couple of weeks. Um, But just save the date. March 6th. It's going to be during the day. March 6th. It's going to be amazing. Yep. Excited. All right, guys. Well, that's the last one. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.